Welcome to the Willing to Listen South Bruce Proud podcast. Willing to Listen is a grassroots volunteer group based in South Bruce, Ontario, that is dedicated to thoroughly investigating multiple aspects of Canada's proposed deep geological repository for spent nuclear fuel. I'm Sheila Wittick, and I'm so excited to have you join me as we delve into this controversial project. This episode of Willing to Listen is a little bit different than I've done in the past. In my last interview with Dr. James Conka, we kind of got off the rails talking about the whip and went into more of a fear of nuclear discussion. And instead of making the one episode super long, I decided to kind of cut it up and make this one more surrounding that fear of nuclear discussion. And hopefully it's put together in a way that makes sense. The issue with nuclear is it's all imagined. As soon as you use the word nuclear or radiation, the mushroom cloud appears in your head. And then after that, you can't think rationally. So it's it's very, very weird. And it's that connection, um, right? Between nuclear power and nuclear yeah. weapons. It's People yep. seem to make that connection nothing, all the time. Right. And they have nothing to do with each other. You can't right. make a weapon out of spent fuel from a commercial reactor. You can't, you know, we tried that um, in the 60s. And, you know, they're completely different. Even use different reactors to make to make weapons fuel. So it's completely different. It has nothing yeah. to do with each other. And but I find people, it really hard to try that. to explain that to people. Like it's really hard to explain that right. to people who don't understand how a reactor works. Right. Right. You know, they just know yep. that it's this yep. thing that does some stuff. Like you said, it's magic, right? It just does its thing. And if people don't really understand yep. it, it's really hard to explain to them the difference or why what they're saying isn't applicable. I find it really hard right. to make that connection to people. No so like, what there. do you think fuels this, this fear of the waste? Like, what do you think fuels that? Here in Bruce County, we have Bruce Power, which is an exceptionally safe um, reactor operator, yeah. the largest operating facility in the world. Um, I'm proud to say that yeah. I work there. I don't keep it a secret. I'm proud to say that yes. I'm an operator yes. there. You know, it's Excellent. Canada has an outstandingly safe nuclear record. You know, we have a great record of safety here, but people always have this, well, the waste is different. And like, what is it, do you think, about the waste no. that makes people do, like, makes people feel that way? Because they have no idea what it is. And and also, everyone's been told that, oh, it's deadly for 10,000 years or a million. No, it's not. Okay. It's actually hot for about 300. That's it. Once the mm -hmm. fission products are have decayed away, it's nothing. It's like ore. It's like the re original uranium ore you mine. Okay. All you're left with is long-lived alpha. See, there, there's two types of nuclear waste in terms of a nuclear reaction, okay? When a neutron comes in and splits uranium into two unequal pieces called the fission products, right? And three mm -hmm. neutrons come out. You have two types of waste. So when uranium-235 splits or plutonium-239 splits, you get these fission products, some of which, not many, but some of which are really hot, like cesium-137 and strontium-90. So those are actually hot. That's what makes waste hot, those fission yep. products, okay? Now, uranium-238, which is most of the waste, does not split, right? And so it just absorbs that neutron, becomes uranium-239, and then quickly beta decays, double beta decays to form plutonium-239. Now, there's a bunch of reactions that go on there, and that's when you form americium and neptunium um, and, and plutonium and different isotopes of it. But those are alpha emitters, okay? They, they decay by alpha radiation, and alpha doesn't hurt anything. I mean, you, you, you can even eat plutonium. I mean, it's not, it, it won't be absorbed. You have to powder it and breathe it in, okay? And it's the only way alpha emitters will hurt you. You have to powder it and breathe it in. Okay, but alpha doesn't, you know, goes two inches in air. Yeah. Okay, it, it, won't, it won't even go through a dead skin cell. 
Yeah. Right. So it gets stopped by a sheet of paper. Right. So so that's that's the waste that's that's quote radioactive for ten thousand or a hundred thousand years, but it's not very dangerous. So the shorter the half life, like cesium one thirty seven is is thirty years, and the rule of thumb is seven half lives to background. So you're talking about two three hundred years for the hot stuff because it's hot. So the hotter something is, the shorter lived it is. All right? right. And so they're all gone. They're all gone in two, three hundred years. So all you're left with is this mildly radioactive, slightly radioactive material that's hot. It's not really hot. It's just radioactive for ten you know, thousand years, hundred thousand years, uh, depending on the isotope. But it, they're just not very dangerous. So, yeah, you don't want it just hanging around. <laughs> okay, You want to put it in a repository. It's not going to hurt. But the first three hundred years is the critical thing, because that's where the hot stuff is. Right, um, and and that's the stuff that migrates, you know, with with, with uh, waters, things like cesium. Yeah. So I, and I have yeah, heard so, that I have heard that statement before that the shorter the half life, the more dangerous yeah, the isotope yeah. actually is. So you know, when we're looking at these isotopes that are half lifing at millions of years, they're actually less dangerous. And I think that's yeah. the other thing yeah, that I mean, people have a hard time with. You know, like it's dangerous for longer, so it's less dangerous. Yeah, because in, instead of, you know, uh, gamma rays coming out of a cesium-137, like, you know, billions a minute, you yeah. get one every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> you get, you know, here's one, or there's one. And so it's just slow because it's not ra very radioactive. And activity means numbers of disintegrations per, per Right. And per I, minute, I sometimes wonder, second. well, I don't wonder, I know, like that's, I think that's where a lot of the confusion comes from because people don't understand what radioactivity even is, right? They don't understand that it decays per minute or decays per second. And, you know, the longer right. the half-life, right. it gets, it gets very complicated. We do a whole nother, whole nother episode. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's a reason people get PhDs in nuclear science. I mean, you, yes. <laughs> you yeah, really exactly. have to work at it. It's exactly. not an intuitive, trivial thing. Yeah. It's not so. something you can learn but, on social media and YouTube. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now you can actually hold a hunk of plutonium in your hand. Isn't that, it wouldn't hurt you. Okay, right. you have to powder it, powder it, and breathe it in. So, so that you know, that's and no one's ever been hurt by plutonium or americium or, or uranium. Okay, those are not the things that hurt you. The things that hurt you are the gamma emitters, the cesium and the strontium. Now, some you know, in the old days, uranium miners who smoked you had to be a smoker, would have lung cancer rates that are, that are much higher than the general population because they smoked and, and the, the tar and performance of, of the lungs were not able to, to rid the lungs of, of radioactive material like radon and other stuff like that. So, um, so that, but that's a, a different story. So, but yeah, in, you know, <laughs> yeah. normal, um, yeah, it's a whole different we story. We could get down a but, whole rabbit know. hole. <laughs> right, right. But still, um, even with that kind of stuff, it's safe. The fear of radiation is worse than the radiation, right? Like, absolutely, it's, it's definitely nope, true. In dozens, dozens and dozens of studies have shown that. But you know, that's interesting. You know, it, it's a cultural thing. It is, and it's going to be sure. hard to to change that. Yeah, for sure. All you have to do is look around. We've had nuclear for a long time. Um, it produces twenty percent of of the U.S. and in, in, in energy. I'm, there's never been any problem. So you know, if it was, if this was so dangerous, you'd have you know tons of people dead, or, or and we can't find any, right. none. Okay. Now one of the issues is that people say, oh, radiation. So I got cancer, so I must must have gotten it from radiation. It's like radiation is the weakest carcinogenic, mutagenic, or cytogenic agent we have. Chemicals are much more 
uh, prone to, to, to produce cancer. Right. Um, and of course, you know, biologics, most of, most of all. So, you know, radiation just doesn't produce cancer. It just doesn't. And you have to right. have huge, huge amounts. You, you have to know the subject. You have to know the epidemiology, uh, uh, radiation, uh, biology. We can't find any. So we've done studies after studies about people that live and work around nuclear facilities. Never, never has the cancer rates been above background. So above normal. Um, and so if radiation caused a lot of cancer, you'd see that. It would be easy to see. Yeah, I, I do say that all the time. If, if radiation caused cancer, my coworkers would be dying every day. <laughs> yeah. In fact, mo most of the studies done both in Canada and UK and in the US show that uh, radiation workers have lower cancer rates than the general population. Now that's, that gets into a whole nother issue yeah. we don't want to get into, but yeah. it's certainly not dangerous. I mean, you, you have to stand in front of an unshielded nuclear waste bundle in order mm. to get anything. And that's not going to happen because it's too easy to shield. This is one of yeah. the things we know shielding really well, uh, better than we know how to deal with carcinogenic chemicals. So, you know, we know what we're doing. It's easy to do. No one's ever been hurt. So what's the problem? It's just the imagination. And, and of course, human imagination can do weird things. Well, And I feel just that- Just look it, at the last four years. It, yeah. It comes down a lot to, <laughs> from what I see, it's a lot of fear, misunderstanding, manipulating people's emotions to try to get them yep. to agree with you. You know, like we have people sharing pictures of a little kid at a sink, holding their cup, with a little um, <laughs> statement that says, I don't want to worry if the containers failed today, you know, and it's just oh, like, oh, good, like pull at the heartstrings. Well, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's all it is. And, and, and it's easy to do that. Very easy to do that. And even more so because there's, there's a lot more anti-nuclear people than there are nuclear scientists. I mean, you know, right. you're talking to me, but there's not much of us. Okay. Yeah. Nuclear is the smallest scientific community in the world. I mean, there's a hundred times more chemists and physicists and biologists than there are yeah. nuclear scientists. Yeah. Um, so, and I find too that a lot of anti, this is getting off on a tangent, but a lot of anti-nuclear groups are small, but loud. There's not yes. a whole, yeah, there's course. not a whole lot of people and, who are very anti-nuclear, but man, can they make some noise? And, and the thing is they don't have to be correct. They, they can just lie through their teeth, which they do I have the noticed that too. And some actually. of it is unintentional. Some of There's, it is unintentional. Some of it's intentional, whatever. It doesn't matter. But they are not held to any scientific rigor. Yeah, okay? there's zero accountability. Right. Now, we have to be, which is actually why science, nuclear scientists generally don't like talking to the public. I mean, I'm one of the few ones, and I'll talk all the time. You know that. So, yeah. uh, But most nuclear scientists don't because it's a complicated subject that when you're explaining it, the person who doesn't know anything about it can take it many different ways because they don't know anything about it. Right. And, and it's complicated. So a soundbite that an anti-nuclear group can give is easy, right? Soundbites are easy. And, you know, but to get the actual truth is more difficult because it's complicated. You have to know the science. Uh, and that just takes a long time to learn. The things that I've learned myself just since the DGR, not that we've been in the process for quite a while, actually. Um, I believe it was 2012 when the NW first um, was invited to town by our, our council. And it wasn't until this large outcry against the DGR that I actually started paying attention. As a nuclear worker, it didn't bother right. me. I know how it's regulated. I know how our nuclear right. industry is in Canada. I wasn't concerned. You know, I know the CNSC will not approve it if it's not safe. I know, like, I know yeah. these things. Um, we have one of the best regulators in the world in the CNSC. And until until this 
you know, large anti-DGR movement started, I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention. So the things I have learned and the books I have read in the last year, I don't know how I have time to do anything else. <laughs> I spent a lot of <laughs> yeah, time. No, it's, it's, yep. It's but it's good. Like, I think it's good to be able to speak to people candidly about, you know, what's happening. And I, now and, that we've started I, the podcast, I love being able to interview people like yourself good, just to good. talk about, you know, what we're doing and what's going on and try to get the truth out there. Right. So if, if anyone wants any more information, I mean, I, I sent you a couple of things, I think. Um, but, you know, just Google Conca Forbes and whatever subject, you know, radioactive waste or nuclear or whatever, um, WIP, anything. And I usually come up on the front page a few times. So um, I have I've read some of your articles. They're usually pretty time. good. Oh, good. Oh, good, good. It's, it, but again, like, like you were mentioning, it's hard to talk to the public about these kind of subjects because they're complicated. Um, uh, it really so is. Because yeah. science is not some you know, subject, it's not a religion or anything like that. It's, it's science and, and it's easy to debunk stuff that's not true. So they need to go to the sources that matter, sources that are run by people that know the stuff, scientists, not philosophers or whatever. Yeah. So, and that, that's it. I mean, it's, it's work. Sorry, it's work. You know, work is work. Um, if you want I'm to trying to do the, the work for them. Put... I'm trying to do the work yeah, for them. And, I'm trying and, to make it easy for them. And that's great. Yep. Awesome. No, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. And that's it for this episode of Willing to Listen South Bruce Proud. I look forward to further investigating Canada's plan for spent nuclear fuel along with all of you. Thanks so much for joining me. And remember, we don't have to agree on anything to be kind to one another. Mm-hmm.